This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Uh, Welcome back. We are now going to talk about a subject that is very important for your health, and that is Lyme disease. It's the season now. The federal government just announced yesterday that it's spending $4 million to aid the research and treatment of Lyme disease. It is difficult to diagnose, and some of the tests are controversial because some of them give you false negatives, some of them give you false positives. Also controversial is the question of how long patients have to be treated with antibiotics to try and lick the disease. So will this initiative be enough? And more to the point for our listeners is, what should you be looking for in terms of Lyme disease? We have on the line from British Columbia, Dr. Liz Zubek. She treats Lyme disease and she is with us now. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, so first of all, uh, your reaction to this $4 million initiative. Well, I'm excited that our federal government has decided that Lyme disease is a priority and that we want to move forward and get a real Canadian framework on it rather than just copying what the U.S. is doing. I'm just very concerned that when we move forward, we make sure that people who have Lyme disease, that their voices are heard in where the research dollars are spent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, you treat Lyme disease, so first of all, tell us, um, what are the things to look for? This this disease is carried by uh, the Borrelia burgdorferi bacteria. Did I get that right? (laughs) Yes. And it's it's infected ticks. Now, the main way that you would get it would be an infected tick. Okay. And um, that's the most, so that's the easiest way to get it is from the ticks. I think we don't want to forget that there's other tick-borne diseases as well, so that certainly when there's a tick bite, we want to know what's the type of tick, um, if there's any illness resulting from it, and trying to make a decision about whether we would want to do any kind of preventive dosing of antibiotics to try and prevent anything from going into a a more chronic long-term disease. Okay. Uh, So, uh, first of all, give me an idea of the symptoms. What kind of symptoms? Because people have, I guess, symptoms that that are uh, fairly, um, I would say, some nonspecific that could be any number of things, uh, and is that that's probably one of the reasons that it takes a while to get to Lyme disease. Right. Um, if you actually have the rash initially, that sort of classic Lyme rash, you're actually one of the lucky ones because the rash is something visual. You can see it. You can say, oh, look at that. That's very unusual. I better get in for treatment. Okay. But- just, just tell us what is the classic Lyme rash. Well, many doctors actually think that the rash has to be a target lesion where you get alternating red and white and red and white looking like a bullseye, whereas 
that's only in maybe less than a third of the Lyme rashes. The rest of them are all the same color. They can be purple, they can be red, they can be brownish, they can have blistering in the center, but sort of this unusual expanding oval. And and are they round? Is it like a round rash always? Usually an oval. And um, the, the classic definition is for it to be five centimeters. Well, that's pretty big. That's, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, if you get that rash, it's dramatic and you're likely to go to the doctor about it. But there are so many people who will not actually get the rash, and that's, that's the population that I will often deal with where they have long-term symptoms in every system of the body. And then we have to think about, well, could this be Lyme disease? Okay. What are some of the symptoms, long-term symptoms? Probably the most classic is a migratory arthritis. And what that means is you have horrible pain in your shoulder, and you book in with your doctor, and by the time you get to your doctor, the pain's in your left knee. And then the next week, it's in your right ankle, and it marches around from joint to joint. And so when you get to your doctor, they often go, well, this makes no sense. There is no injury. How can you have so much pain that just jumps to another place? That now, would be one time I would, I would certainly be thinking about Lyme disease. And I know that there are some people who are debilitate, debilitated for a long time, but, but one of the most puzzling things, you know, we hear about celebrities who've had Lyme disease. Um, Alec Baldwin had it. Chris Christofferson was initially misdiagnosed with dementia. How could that happen? Well, it actually, it actually makes sense because the, the Borrelia does migrate to the brain, causes um, disease in the brain. So a lot of the times it can, it can mimic multiple sclerosis, it can mimic Parkinson's, it can mim- mimic ALS, um, cause dementia, brain fog. So you really need to think about it anytime there's something odd neurologically going on, especially if that, like for example, you've got MS symptoms, but then you've got a lot of pain as well. Or you've got MS symptoms, and you've also got problems with your, with your heart, a carditis. Or and and so what kind of MS s- symptoms? Um, MS symptoms is strange numbness, tingling, neurological issues that are not making sense based on a specific nerve being pinched. So there might be patches of numbness in different places in the body. Okay, uh, I want to give the numbers out again because uh, I want to open the lines to people who have questions about Lyme disease. We're heading into the season. Uh, There are uh, ticks in and around here, especially if you like to walk in the woods or any of that. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I am on the line with Dr. Liz Zubek, who treats Lyme disease, and we are going to bring in Arlene Rill, who suffers with Lyme disease and who is also a patient advocacy because there is growing advocacy around this disease. A lot of people go to the States to get treated. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. 
Welcome back. We are talking about Lyme disease. Yesterday, the federal government announced it is going to be spending $4 million for a research framework and to improve treatment. Um, this disease is difficult to treat. There's been an explosion of cases, though we don't exactly know how many cases there are. A lot of people go to the states. There are a lot of issues around the treatment. Uh, I'm on the line with Dr. Liz Zubek. Uh, we are opening the lines to your questions, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, I would like to bring into the conversation a woman who is suffering and advocating around Lyme disease, and that is Arlene Rill. Welcome, Arlene. Well, thank you very much for having me. Okay, tell us uh, tell us your story. Well... Our stories are very long, but I'll try. Okay, the, the, the Coles notes. Yeah, the Coles notes. So I got uh, bitten by a tick in June 2014. Right. Uh, I had no idea what Lyme disease was. I had no idea what a tick was. But the rash was there, and I didn't understand. So I, over the weekend, I researched the, the bite and realized it was a tick bite. So when I went to the infectious disease doctor on Monday... Uh, he said to me, well, have you been out of the country? And I said, no. And he said, well, it's a tick bite, but we have no Lyme in Montreal. Oh, I see. Okay. And he dismissed me. He said, if it makes you feel better, we'll do the serology. Okay. But the I, serology I, I is the test, him. right? The, the, yes, it's the ELISA, and, uh, which is, I don't know, Dr. Zubek might know better than I do, but I think it's stated that it's a 58% false negative. Well, and immediately after a bite, it is absolutely useless. Right, because your antibodies have not had time. But I had five of them. If truth be known, I had five of them over a, a period of time, five tests. Um, but with the first infectious disease doctor, I, he just looked at my symptoms. Okay, just and a minute. I, I have a question in the midst of this. Yes. Dr. Zubek, you said that the test would be use, useless immediately after. So when would it work? Well, it's, it's never very good, but your body has to have time to make antibodies. So in that first month or two, it really has had enough time to respond to the bacteria to even start to make an antibody. So after a tick bite, you want to look at do I want to treat now because if I wait a couple of months, it could have spread to further areas of the body. Um, afterwards, the test is, it'll pick up perhaps 40% of, of people with Lyme disease. Okay. Uh, so as a doctor, if I came in with a tick bite, would you give me prophylactic antibiotics? I would talk to you about the pros and cons of it because some people say Lyme disease is so devastating, I definitely want antibiotics to prevent the disease. And other people might say, well, you know, what's, what's my actual percentage chance in the region where I live? And maybe I'd prefer not to take any antibiotics and wait to see if any symptoms develop. So that's a personal decision. Okay, but um, how long would you give this course of antibiotics? And, and uh, would it definitely prevent a full-blown case from developing? We don't have good research on that. Um, there's Infectious Disease Society guidelines of saying a one dose of doxycycline, but in the research that hasn't actually been shown to be enough to prevent. So, What do you mean one dose, like one pill? One, one pill, yes. 
Okay, well, that doesn't sound like very much. No. So, I mean, that would be one technique to use if you wanted the Infectious Disease Society approach. I know if it was myself and I got a tick bite in my area that I know it's endemic, I would be taking three weeks of antibiotics by my personal choice because I've seen the devastation of the disease. And will every doctor give you three weeks of antibiotics? No. That's, that's where I think if you come in with some guidelines... There's actually guidelines now on the U.S. National Guidelines Clearinghouse that were written by Cameron and Maloney and Johnson, which talks about how important it is to look at personal decision when there's not enough research out there. Okay. Um, Arlene, so uh, you went to the States. Is there a different test in the States? I I didn't go to the States. You didn't? I sent my blood to the States. Okay. I had had... had, um, I, I, in fact, left the hospital where they told me that there is no Lyme in Montreal. And six months too late, uh, I came across an infectious disease doctor who said to me, I am highly suspicious you have Lyme despite negative serology. And he did put me on antibiotics for six weeks. Um, but it was too late. By then, the, the spirochetes were in my system and in biofilms, and it was too late. It was just... And he would not treat any further. It ended there. So in the end, I ended up back at square one, mm-hmm. which was very unfortunate. I had also been in the hospital with a palsy and massive headaches, and they sent me home with a prescription for depression instead of antibiotics. And um, I have a wonderful rheumatologist now, but I had a rheumatologist then who spent two minutes looking at me, and he said, you should get off the doxycycline. You don't have Lyme. You're just highly anxious. Okay. uh, So these are the answers we get from many doctors. Dr. Zubek is very special. (laughs) Okay. uh, So how long did you end up taking antibiotics for, and did they work? Well, on and on, I have not had a proper protocol because there are no doctors in Montreal now. There are no doctors in Montreal who will treat Lyme disease. And you need multiple antibiotics and you need to pulse antibiotics. And I am not educated enough to know how much I should take and how I should take it. So, yes, I when there's when I'm feeling really horrible, I, I managed to get my hands on uh, doxycycline or I managed to get my hands on tetracycline. Um, but, you know, then you take it for, I don't know, three, four weeks. And if you go off, your symptoms come back. Really? Um, yes. Dr. Zubek, what do you what do you make of that? Well, she's, she's very right as far as the multiple antibiotics or herbals. There are many good herbals out there right. as well. But the, the problem is that Lyme is very smart, and it's got three different forms that it can take, kind of like Superman in a phone booth. It makes this quick change. So there's one form that's this little corkscrew shape, and it's got a cell wall, and certain antibiotics will work on that. But then it can also slide inside your own cells, be in the center of your cells, hide out there. You need a different antibiotic for that form. And then it can curl up like sort of in, a, in itself like a little ball of wool, and it's called a round body, and hide in this little slimy package way in these remote areas of your body. And we need a different medication to get that stage. So we'll generally treat with 
something for all three forms so it doesn't just sort of morph into something different. And what is something for three for the three forms? Well, the, there's extensive, there's about six different antibiotics I could choose for each different form. So it, you really need to have a physician who's educated in yes. what combinations to use. Yes. Okay, and, so... And people like that are very rare. Uh-huh. And uh, Dr. Zubek, do you have hope that this protocol will, this sorry, that the research money will result in a protocol that will help all kinds of doctors understand uh, what the treatment should be? That's what I'm really hoping for. I hope that all that money isn't going to just quantify how much of this one strain of Borrelia we have in different regions of the country. I hope that a lot of the money will go towards educating doctors on how to actually treat the chronic Lyme patients with these types of combinations, because it works. Mm-hmm. And what about, um, there seems to be a, a, a growing patient advocacy movement. Arlene? Well, I think we're all pretty fed up. We're all sick, and nobody's listening to us. And every day is like more suffering and more suffering. So, yes, we, we kind of band together now because we, we need the support, too. And I, do, I, I really don't think that unless you have Lyme or live with someone who has Lyme, that you can really understand what our lives are like. Because, you know, everybody will say to you, oh, but you look great. But how you look and how you feel inside are two completely different things. So uh, we are starting to run out of time. So is there ever a point where you're cured? Are you cured, Arlene? No way. I'm not no, I am not cured. I think that, I think you're, you, I don't, in, in my personal opinion, you're never cured, but you build up your immune system, you kill off what you can kill, and hope that your body will kill off the rest, and then Dr. You, Zubek? you feel so much better. I believe that if we catch it in the early stages, yeah. then we can prevent it disseminating throughout the body. But when somebody's had it for a few years, I think it's a matter of trying to get it into remission so that it's at such a very low level that your immune system can deal with it. And many times we'll have people just on herbals, after we've done protocols for months to drive things down, then to just keep them on ongoing low-level herbals, um, possibly lifelong. And what, what kind of herbals are they? Uh, the classic ones would be Cemento and Banderol, which you've probably never heard of. Yes, <laughs> I've never heard of them. And uh, here's a, okay, so you get it from a tick. If you're going to take a walk in the woods, uh, first of all, check to see if it's an endemic area. Uh, wear long sleeves, long pants, right? Uh, and Tucking your, your, the legs of your pants into your socks. We've got to create a new fashion trend here. Okay. Uh, and uh, the other thing is, now, if, if you notice that a tick is biting you, should you pull it off or not? Um, I don't feel it. It anesthetizes you when it bites. Right. I mean, you want to get it off. There is a, a good method that doctors can use by actually injecting some local anesthetic underneath the bite so that the tick pulls off itself. So there are some specialized tick tools that you can use if you're way off camping, but this, this injecting local anesthetic is probably the best way. Well, the tick's not still going to be there when you get to the doctor, will it? It can attach for a sure. long time. You're probably going to find it attached in you. Oh, yuck. Uh, <laughs> 
Okay, uh, we are uh, just about out of time. Uh, Dr. Zubek, anything you want to leave us with very quickly? I just would encourage you to really support those people who do have Lyme disease and to believe them that, yes, it really is that bad and that weird. Okay. And, um, yeah. Okay, thank you very much. And Arlene, in 20 seconds, what would you like to leave us with? I, I would hope that the, uh, the $4 million is going to be addressed to the people who are sick. I don't, I don't feel confident about that. I feel, I feel that it's going to be more background things and that we are not going to actually benefit we're not going to see the benefit of this $4 million. Okay, well, we have to wait on see and see. Yes. Arlene Rill, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Same to thank Dr. You. Liz Zubek. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.